Well, howdy, 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 partner. Hello, everybody. Cowboys, I've just took over for a second there. Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbos. Whatever you want. It's Friday. Happy Friday for all you that, that are enjoying your weekend now. We are going to get into week five today. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, rate five stars, okay? And just enjoy. That's it. Let's cut right to the chase. It's week five of The Science of Well-Being by Dr. Lori Santos of Yale University. The GOAT. Let's go. What were the rewirements for this week, you might ask? Bobkiss. There was no rewirements for this week, which is really weird. So we're going to get into the first lecture, which was, it was titled, Good Job. Okay, because we know all these young bloods out there want great jobs, and adults are always stunting with their job titles. Lori Santos says people should seek out the ways to use their strengths from that survey we did at the beginning to create positive feedback loops. So if you use your strengths, it leads to positive emotions, and that will lead to more productivity. And that productivity will lead to more productivity. It's a positive feedback loop. So I want you to think about what your strengths are. What are your strengths? How can you use them to create positive emotions in the workplace? There's, there, that's a really underrated tip for having a more healthy, improved life at work. She then breaks down flow states. Now, the way she talked about flow was a million times better than any podcast I had heard in my life. And trust me, I heard a lot of schmaltzy self-help podcasts try to break down flow. And I'm going to tell you right here, right now, what flow is. Picture an X and a Y axis. On the X axis is challenge. On the Y axis is skill. You want to be as close as you can to the upper right corner of the graph where challenge meets skill. And actually, you don't even have to be up in the top corner. That's just for optimal flow. Picture a linear line going right up from the zero where the X and Y meet to the corner of the graph. As long as you're chilling on that linear vertical line, you are in flow state because challenge and skill are meeting at the exact same point. You might ask, why is that? It's because if you have too much challenge and not enough skill to meet that requirement, you will get daunted. It will hinder the experience. Now, on the contrary, if you have too much skill and there's not enough challenge, you're going to get bored. This often happens at people's workplaces. One of the two. They either get really bored because they're too good for an easy job, or they're hindered and daunted because they can't keep up. It's too stressful, too hard. They can never stay on top of things. And I know what you're thinking. Lori Santos says this, like, okay, you can't necessarily just leave your job and find this flow state. Well, that's okay. Go and find tasks at work that put you in flow. Crush those. And then if something really isn't putting you in flow, maybe delegate. Find a way out of it. Swap jobs with someone else. I've noticed personally there are clients that I have to teach a new movement to, and it puts me in flow. But then there are some people that it's not sticking and they also don't enjoy it, so they're kind of dreading everything we do, that doesn't put me in flow. That's actually what I call an energy vampire. And then there's some people where they know what they want. The programming's easy because their goal's easy to program for. And I end up just sitting there counting reps, counting time. They don't really want to talk. And I'm not in flow. I'm bored at work. So I like these clients in the in-between that make me kind of work a bit, and I have to teach them stuff. Yeah, so think about your job. What puts you in flow? This isn't even work-related, too. Just find anything in life that puts you in flow, where challenge and skill are met equally. There's a plethora of things you can probably think of. Here's a funny point. People often want to leave work to sit and watch Netflix. 
However, this proves that we don't even know what makes us happy. It's the job that puts us in flow states, and we know flow states contribute to most of our happiness. We're like dogs. Plus, there was a random TED Talk I saw, and it mentioned how the only time we're thinking about work is when we're not at work. When we're actually there doing it, we're in the moment. <laughs> and someone on TikTok talked about doing the dishes, and this monk was saying, you know, he hated the thought of doing the dishes, but once he was in the moment doing them, he was quite content, probably hitting a bit of flow. Anyways, food for thought. I was telling a client once, when life gets really tough, I actually like working more because work allows me to forget about those bad thoughts. Now, you're going to say, Zev, that's avoidance coping. And I know it is, so leave me alone. But I'm just saying that work with this negative connotation can be a good thing when it actually heals some pain. Now, people, this is going to sound cliche. Don't roll your eyes at me. I do love my job. I'm very lucky where I get paid to do something like pretty much just schmoozing with people and having fun, you know, lifting stuff. I'm very, very lucky where I like my job. When you get to a point like me where you are shocked that you get paid to do what you do, that's that's a good feeling. That's You've made it to a good place. Or, or uh, as my... As my Yiddish Achim would say, momish good place. Sorry, I just learned about that slang term and I like it. Next, there's a lecture on good grades. And this is where, right away, it's kicked off with growth versus fixed mindsets. Now, there have been full books that talk about these concepts. There are many different ways to define this. However, this is the one way she did, okay? And it's, do you assume things? That's a fixed mindset where you're just assuming the thing is the way it is? Or do you have a growth mindset where you might reframe the challenge as an opportunity? Okay, so imagine the scenario. Person gets fired from work. If they have a fixed mindset, they go, I'm, I'm done, I, I have no income now. A growth mindset is, ah, this is now a challenge for me to get a job quickly or for me to create my own income because I'm self-employed. Like, See what I mean? Those are the differences. And I've heard books talk about proactive versus reactive thinking. And it's the same thing. People who are reactive, taking a bad experience and that's it. So like, let's say someone gets destroyed by a stock crash and they are reactive. So they're just like, oh, my life sucks now because I could have had so much money. And they're just reacting to it, right? They're just thinking, I could have had money. I could have been better. This is a sucks for me. The proactive thinker goes, okay, that's over now. doesn't exist anymore. What exists is that I need more money and I am going to hustle to get it. There, that's the proactive way to think. And you can literally take every decision in your life and either, either be fixed or growth or proactive reactive. Simple as that. Take every decision that way, people. And like life doesn't owe us anything. So, so you can't really feel sorry for yourself. Life happens, you know, what is it? Life happens not to us. It happens for us. And, and I didn't understand that saying till recently where that stock crash, that didn't happen to you. That happened for you. So you can be proactive and create something and have purpose and be successful subjectively. Okay. Tangent over. Let's move on. Ah, uh, this is so clever. So fixed mindsets. I just put a seriously negative connotation on it. However, it can come in it can come in as an asset if you have high grades and you don't have to improve on anything. That's fine. Now you've got the fixed mindset. You're good. You're going to coast. And that is where that helps.
that was the end of that lecture. And here's the second, uh, sorry, not second. Here's the next lecture on kindness. People who spend $5 on others and themselves were just as happy as those who spent $20 on others. So uh, if you're wondering, if uh, I just threw that on you here. This is what the study was. They gave people $20. They said, go spend it on yourself. Go spend it on another person. Then they had the person get surveyed. Now, by the way, they do that with separate people, obviously. They wouldn't just have the person who spent $20 on both. They would have two separate people spend two separate $20 bills on themselves and then on another person, respectively. So then in the survey, the people who spent on others reported being more happy or just feeling better. I don't know what they asked. Now, they did the same thing with just $5. So you don't even have to spend that much. You can just spend five bucks on another person. Get them a little Tim's muffin. And you are going to be happier than if you'd bought that muffin for yourself. Okay. Especially if you deliver that thing for them or, you know, you're like, you're not, I don't know. Like it's not just like a gift card. If you actually give it to them and you're with them, that'll give you a lot of knockers. So then Lori Santos goes on to say something pretty compelling, which is how come when people are feeling shitty, they say, I need a self-care day and they go and spend on themselves and spend time on themselves. Cause remember time is money. You're spending time on yourself. That doesn't make you happier necessarily, necessarily. Okay. Take that with a grain of salt. Dr. Larry Santos says, if you're having a self-care day, you really should be spending on other people and that will end up making your day better. Fun fact. Like, I really wish you could rewind and listen to that again. Cause it, yeah. And then, and then it's funny every time I say this stuff and we all have this intuitive feeling of, no, you're wrong. Lori Santos. She mentions in the first week that we're often going to feel like outliers. Everything we hear, we have this confirmation bias where the information we're hearing is against the confirmation. They call that the backfire effect in the mental model book I, I summarized. Go listen to that episode, by the way, on all the mental models. It was called super thinking. You'll have to scroll down for a while. Anyways, so people, keep that in mind. <laughs> you think you're the outlier, but you're not. I'm sorry. You're just another stat. You're just another person who thinks they're right, and in reality, you should be spending on other people to make yourself happier. To elaborate on that study, there was another study done that ended up showing us you enjoy things more when you do it with another person. So all they did was had a person eat chocolate by themselves, and then they had other people eat chocolate in the same room as another person. And when they surveyed them, the people had higher well-being when they were with another person eating chocolate. Listen to these studies, people. Do this stuff in real life. I'm telling you, your well-being will go up. And it all seems like common sense. That's the thing that was blowing my mind when I was doing this. I'm like, that, that just seems like common sense, but we're not doing it. Even though we, we hear that and we go, oh, that makes sense. We do not follow through. And so this is where in the very first week, she talks about the G.I. Joe fallacy. Knowing is half the battle. You can't just know this stuff and go, yeah, whatever, I knew that. No, no, you have to actually put it into action. Have you heard of the term analysis paralysis? Well, that's when you know so much, but don't take action. And you're just constantly learning more and more to procrastinate the, the I don't want to say the word action again, but you know what I mean? There was a video on time affluence. So in more studies, those who prioritize time over money were happier on a five point scale. So keep that in mind. And once again, take that survey with a grain of salt and just there's study after study that Dr. Lori Santos talks about showing us what makes us feel better. And it seems like common sense. Once again, of course, prioritizing time over money is going to make you happier. Some people forget that they're just the donkey chasing the carrot in front of their face and they don't actually stop to wait a second and think. 
This video was titled Medita Oh no, this is just a point I wrote down. Meditation stops mind wandering. Okay, so go meditate, people. I should should I just give a rant on meditation? I'm not going to, but I will tell you, it is incredible for your well-being. Uh, the Buddhists say that if you want something to start or want something to end, that is suffering. And we even talked about it, I think, in the last podcast episode, that we need to thwart hedonic adaptation. We need to stop wishing for things that we don't have and things that we have had that aren't here anymore. <laughs> not to mention just when you're in the midst of a meditation, and because by the way, people, I meditate every night before bed. I really should start doing morning so it sets up my day better. But when you're meditating, say to yourself, I am at peace in this moment. Not out loud necessarily, just say it in your head. And realize like in this millisecond of awareness, you are at peace. Nothing is wrong. You could, you could have a knife in your stomach and for a millisecond you go, I'm at peace right now in this millisecond. It's okay. Like it could be worse. In this millisecond, I could have 50 knives in my stomach. You know what I mean? Like you can always be a little grateful in that millisecond. So that's why meditation is incredible. So anyways, tangent over, go meditate, do box breathing, maybe do a walking meditation. Maybe there's a million, just Google different ways. There's a million ways. I do recommend actually a verbal exhale. So your vagus nerve settles down and just go Google vagus nerve stuff. I don't have time to break that down. Incredible for your gut health and brain. So this lecture video is titled healthy habits. So all I took away from this was that sleep is really OP. It's a magic pill. If they put the benefits of sleep in a pill, it would be illegal in pro sports. Simple as that. I'm not going to go off. Uh, sleeping a lot can prevent cancer and disease. Um, sleeping a lot helps the relationships in your life grow. Okay. And that's because of a massive ripple effect. I'm not going to get through. It will help your metabolism, right? It'll help your libido. Like sleep more than, than seven hours, people. And that was it. That was it for all that uh, week five. So again, just like last week, I'll try to get some input from family here and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Thanks for tuning in. Well, there it is. That's it for week five. Thanks so much again for tuning in. Rate five stars if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. I love this microphone. It's literally a gaming headset, but it makes so much of a difference. I love doing this. I hope you're enjoying Dr. Lori Santos's most popular course online of all time in the world, Yale Science of Wellbeing. Mwah. Just magnificent. It's incredible. Stay tuned. I'll see you next week. Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbos. Shalom Aleichem, my Yahudim and my fellow friends and buddies. See you later. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.